Well, um, on Saturday mornings, I usually go and play basketball with a bunch of guys. It's early on Saturday mornings. Sometimes we start at 6. Sometimes we start at 6.30. And we'll play with, uh, there'll be like 10 to maybe 30 guys playing. And uh, this Saturday, I went to play basketball. And it was, it seemed different than usual. It seemed like there was more people frustrated, more cussing than usual. This is not a Christian group that I play with. More angry people at other people, more foul calls, more people kicking the ball across the court when they were upset. (laughs) It was a very different day of basketball. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? This, This is... I don't want to be with a group like this because it's always pretty friendly and and we always play well together. And uh, I realize it's probably the the holiday seasons. It's probably the holidays. People are experiencing stress from expectations and stress from fears. And so they're all wound up. And actually, probably the basketball was really good for a lot of us to just work out some of that anxiety. And you've heard this before, that some people really get into the holidays and have fun and have joy, and other people experience anxiety and fear and let down expectations. But this morning, we're going to talk about about those fears in relationship to who God is for us and what the see what Christmas was really about. The scripture passage this morning, if you got a bulletin, it's not going to be right on the bulletin. I switched it at the last second. So uh, the scripture passage is going to come from Matthew chapter 1, and we'll start with verse 18. And I'll go ahead and read this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Next verse there. Because Joseph, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had... But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of times at Christmas we focus on that last verse. The angel said to him in a dream, don't be afraid, take Mary home as your wife. But I'd like to start out by focusing on the beginning of those verses where Joseph is trying to figure out what to do. So the first Christmas was full of anxiety and stress because Joseph's probably asking himself questions like, uh, what if Mary is still in love with the person who impregnated her and I marry her? It's going to be really bad. Or what if... I take her into my house and all the people in town come and kick us out of the city. What if someone finds out and they actually stone my wife to death? 
what if I can't be a good father to a child that's not really mine? Joseph and Mary must have had multiple what-ifs and fears that they were afraid of. What if the donkey doesn't make it to Bethlehem? What if I don't know how to raise the Son of God? I mean, you can imagine Mary and Joseph sitting in, 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 in the manger And the first time Mary hands the baby to Joseph and he grabs the baby and then Mary says, no, 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 honey, you don't hold the son of God like that. You got to hold him on the right side, not on the left side, on the right side. You know, they probably had all kinds of anxieties and fears. I imagine along the way while while she's riding on the donkey, they're having fights. It's not like they're smiling at each other and it's all joyous and the donkey never poops and it's all good. No, I imagine there were some fights or there were some doubts. Who are we? If you read through the story and you take out the parts where God is involved or an angel is involved, it's a very heavy situation to be in. Christmas started out as an anxious, stressful, but full of expectation time. I think we can relate to that. We all have what-ifs. My what-ifs would be, like, I have what-ifs, like, I'm not sure, some people know this about me, but I have this fear of being fired. I'm all, every job I have, I think I'm going to be fired. Even with my son-in-law, as I work with my son-in-law, even when I was in construction, it's family. They can't fire me. I'm family. But I'm still, I still have this fear of being fired. And so I say to myself, so I repeat inside my, my mind, what if I get fired? Then I will be laughed at. What if I get fired? Then I will be ashamed. What if I get fired? My wife will be really upset with me. So I go through these things, circle through my brain. And now I've been to a new job teaching at Faith High School. I'm still thinking I'm going to get fired. Every day I feel like, oh, I'm going to get fired for that. You know, Randy will come into my classroom. I'm like, oh, I'm getting fired for this. And Randy's like, Randy at first was taking it very seriously and going, I don't want you to get fired. Stop this, you know, kind of thing. But um, now I think he knows better. (laughs) So that's one of my fears. So this morning, we're going to play around with this a little bit. I want you to take the piece of paper. It's under your chair. If, if someone in front of you can't bend down and get it, please reach it for them or, and, and take that piece of paper out and grab a pen. And I need the lights up for this part, Ryan. I, I didn't want Randy to outdo me with the participation thing, so I'm gonna, I, I got I to gotta get you guys involved. So on this piece of paper... What I want you to write is one of your what-ifs. Don't write your name. I don't want your name. I want this to be anonymous. I want you to write 
one of your what ifs in the form of what if blank, fill in the blank, then I blank. What if, so you can put those words on there, what if blank, uh, then I blank. That's what I want you to write on. And go ahead and take your time, write it. I'm going to share some more things uh, while you're writing. Uh, this is the part of the sermon you won't remember. What? No, <laughs> I don't know. The, uh, our culture encourages us to think about these what-ifs in ways that are fearful. Our culture encourages us to think about these in ways that are fearful, although they do it with humor. Take, for example, the commercials about mayhem. Everybody know what I'm talking about when the commercials, the guy says, I'm mayhem. I might be riding your bumper. I'm going to be standing in front of your house. I might be walking through, I might be burning your basement. He's doing everything, right? They're trying to get you to be afraid so that you will trust them to take care of it for you. (laughs) They don't tell you, you're still going to get hit in the back by the car. You're still going to be robbed. You're still going to be, house is still going to be burnt down. No, they'll come in afterwards. But they act like you can avoid these things if you get our coverage. Then there's the, uh, the other insurance company that's funny. I think it's State Farm or, or something or Farmers Insurance. And they go around to this museum and they say, yeah, this guy uh, had a tree fall on his car. And then they, sh- they have this little model of a tree on there, right? And then they show the incident. And good thing he was covered. But you'll never see the guy walk up to this part in the museum where there's someone, there's a a car that's been crashed and there's someone laying on the ground, bloody and dead. He's not going to do that commercial, is he? Because in the end, that dead person, the, the insurance didn't help him, didn't help him out, right? So they put fears in our heads, but they don't go too far because they don't want you to think about it in realistic terms. They just want to to trust them to, to get rid of those fears for you. All right, has everybody written on their piece of paper? So now I have three helpers with bowls, and they're going to pass the bowls down the aisles. And I want you to throw those in the bowls, please. Three helpers with bowls. Just pass them around like it's offering. If you don't, if you want to put money in there too, that's cool. Because I don't mind. I charge my kids at school bribes so I can do it here, right? <laughs> I can't get fired because I'm not hired. So this is the best kind of job there is. You can't fire me. I quit. I've been practicing that line for years. You can't fire me. I quit. I quit. All right. So pass those around, and then I'm going to have those bowls brought up here. I'm going to read a few of these. So get them in there. I'm going to read them, so hopefully there's... Where's the other bowls? All right. As the bowls are coming up here. Hey, hey, hey. 
All right. Here we go with some of these. You want to read some? Or can you turn his mic on, Dylan? I'll read one, then you read one. How about that? I can see if they're good. Well, they are good. What if I'm not a great mom, then my relationship with my son will be damaged? Go ahead. All right. <laughs> they're all serious, right? There might be some jokes. I don't that's know. A, that's okay. I... That's okay. They are serious. Who put this in there? <laughs> okay, what if we don't sell the house? Then will we be then we will be paying a mortgage forever. What if I what if I never get better? I can't run around with my kids. What if I'm not suited to be a husband yet or ever will be? What if I get severely sick, then I dot, 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 will be a burden to my family, will be weak, won't be able to live my full life. What if my husband died before me, then I would feel lonely. What if I'm not a good person during Christmas? We doing all of them? No, just we'll go for a little bit, a little bit longer. Would be I actually want you now, but we won't have time. So. What, if, what if I never become successful and move up in the world? Okay. What if I were to get bad grades in school? Then I would feel ashamed of myself, and I would feel like a failure to my family. One more. What if I don't succeed in my own eyes? What if I fail? Then I feel ashamed, unworthy. I didn't even do any out of here. I know. Maybe. Let me grab one out of there. Yeah. They're so good. What if I never become or know who I am? Then I will never live the fullest life. I'm going to be miserable, ashamed before God. What if I let my fear run away, run my life? Then I may miss the blessing of God. Okay, so we're going to put these back in here. And I'm going to have my helpers pass these back out. You should not get yours, so give her that bowl. Which bowl was yours? There. This is yours. Okay. So you're going to get one of these that's not yours, and I want you to read it. And I want you to start thinking. I don't want you to write quickly. I want you to start thinking of changing that sentence. You can write it on the back or can write it down below, but you'll change their sentence a little bit. So you're going to keep the what if I am not a good mother or what if I fail, and then you're going to put the then, and then I want you to put after the then God. So for me, what if... My original one was, what if I get fired, then I will be ashamed. And if I were changing that, for me, I would say, what if I get fired, then God will not be ashamed of me. God will continue to love me. Something like that. So I want you to think about it. I want you to really put some time into thinking, what would you say to this person? Not everything will be okay. That may not be the best thing to write. It'll all be all right but something that acknowledges 
one, that God is a part of their universe that often we don't take into account. And two, one, it could be a thing that remembers what God has done in the past, either through Scripture or in your life, what God has done in the past. While you're thinking about that and writing that, I'm going to tell you a couple stories from Scripture. I won't have them on the screen. One story is in the Old Testament. The Arameans are attacking Samaria, the city of Samaria, and they have laid siege to the city, and the city is surrounded by walls, and they are attacking it, and they have been starving them out. They're using that practice. They're starving them out for months and months. So the people inside the city are pretty much ready to die. They are in a famine. They have no food. They are considering things they would never consider doing, and they're ready to die. And the Arameans, all they have to do is wait for them to die, and they will take them over. However, there are four guys who are lepers who are not allowed in the city, and they have to live outside the city. So they're as close to the city as they possibly could be because they're Sumerians. And so they are in the gate of the city, on the outside of the gate. However, they're living right there in the gate of the city. And they're lepers. And so they have this conversation. Let's see, without looking at it, see if I can remember it. So they, one day, they're so hungry. So one day, one of them says, look, we're going to die. We're going to die. So what if we go into the city? And another one says, nah, if we go into the city, we're going to die. They're as hungry as we are. There's famine in there. We're going to die. Another one says, well, what if we stay here? Guy says, nope, we stay here. We're going to die. Third one says, what if we go to the Aramaeans camp and we surrender ourselves? And one of the other guys says, ah, we're going to die if we do that. But another guy says, well, there's a teeny chance that they'll just take us as prisoners and we'll live. And so they're like, well, that looks like our best choice. What they don't know is that God's universe is bigger than their universe. And so overnight, while they're having this discussion, God has caused a great noise to be heard by the Arameans. And it's a great noise of chariots and armies. And they think an attacking army is coming from Egypt to help out Samaria. And so they, in the middle of the night, all the Arameans leave and run away. So the camp's empty. So these guys, walking toward the Aramean camp, uh, don't shoot. Not, we're, we're, we're surrendering. Plus we're lepers, if that makes a difference. <laughs> and they're walking toward the camp. They get to the camp. No one's there. 
They're like, no one's here. So they start walking around. They start pocketing some few items they find. They start eating and drinking the food. They start having a party. Their world did not include that possibility. When they said, what if, their brains could not come up with, what if God creates the noise of chariots and and armies and scares all the airmans away? Maybe we should go see. That was not even a possibility for them. But God did. That God expands our universe. The reason the baby Jesus came into the world was to blow up our universe bigger than we could think. To give us the possibilities of what God can do in and through us as the people of God. So, I want you to think about this Christmas. We're going to collect those again. Let's collect all of those. If you guys have written them, we're going to send that back around and we're going to read some of those. Go ahead and collect those again, please. I want you to think about this Christmas of giving God a gift. And that gift would be your what-ifs, or even just one of them. Let's say I give to God. I say, God, I'm tired of thinking I'm going to get fired. I give this to you. Maybe you need to write it down concretely, wrap it in a gift, and put it under the tree to remind yourself. Give God one of your what-ifs that leads to fear. as we're collecting those. Yeah, just throw them in one bowl there. All right, perfect. Ryan, you want to help me read these again? Where'd he go? (laughs) You're out there eating donuts, aren't you? No, just kidding. You want to help me read these again? Okay. All right. They're all up here. It would be nice to find some of those same ones, but let's see. Okay, what if I focus on work all my life and and originally said, and don't learn to love others, my family, and okay. And then that was changed to, what if I focus on work all my life and don't learn to love others? God will still love me. Okay. It's not a church full of penmanship, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, sorry. It's like hieroglyphics. Yeah. We'll go with it. What if, <laughs> what if I moved to a new state? Then I would need to re- restart my life. And then it says, then God will give you guidance, peace, strength during your struggles. What if I don't plan for my life and then I end up with nothing? It says, even so, God is with us. Want to come over for dinner? <laughs> so you guys got to connect. It. There's a free That's dinner right, right there. there. That's good. What if I'm unimpressive? Then I will be, and it's crossed out, and it says, still loved by God. What if I never marry, then I will be always alone. Then God has a plan for you. He will use you mightily. What if something bad happens to someone in my family? 
then God remains faithful even in the midst of the pain. His character is sure even in our troubles. And there's a lot more, but it's really good. What if I don't have enough energy? Then God will supply us with his abundance. That one's hard to explain. That one didn't get... This is, I'm like a lefty. I'm like a lefty right okay. here. What if, what, if my, what if my children stop loving me? Then I will continue to love my children and know that I, I, am, belo- I am beyond loved by the king. What if I lose my husband and then I have to raise our child alone? Then God will be there for you and help you be strong enough to raise your baby in community. What if I fail at raising our son right? Trust God, make him the man God, to make him the man called, God called him to be. What if I run out of work, then I won't be able to provide for my family. But God will comfort and provide for your needs. Oh, this is like mine. What if I get fired and I can't find another job? God will become more tangibly sustaining presence in my life. What if I'm not good at my job anymore? then God will give you wisdom and knowledge on how to grow or ignite a passion for something new. What if we don't sell the house? Then God will provide even if it's not the way we want it to look. What if I don't succeed in my eyes? Then I'll remember, I'll remember all creation, including myself, was declared good after the the Lord saw what he had done. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. What if I can't afford daycare? And this one just says, then God. Yeah, do one more. What if I am not a good person or grateful during Christmas. Then God has forgiven you. Focus on him. I'll read this last one. What if I can't live up to my full potential? I'd like to keep these too. No, I want to keep them. I want them. (laughs) What if there are important... Okay. What if I don't live up to my full potential? potential? What if there are important lessons to be learned on your journey through trial and error you've been able to come along uh, come along someone else's story and bless them with understanding God has you uh, God has you enjoy the life fear not brothers and sisters whenever you think what if 
during this season and going from the forward. Try to switch it up and put God in there instead of I. Try to switch it up. I'm going to end with one last story that we all know very well. I think that in the Christian life there are stages of faith. And in this talk, I want to talk about three stages. One stage is we identify our fears, but we're still in our fears. The second stage is we identify our fears and we talk about how God counters our fears. And those are both what-if stages. But the final stage is even if, even if. Now, you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they didn't worship the golden idol because the king wanted them to. And so their punishment for it was that they would be thrown into the furnace. And so the king came to them and said, you need to worship the idol or I'm going to throw you into the flaming furnace. And they said, first off, basically, what if you throw us into the furnace? God will take care of us. God will come to our rescue. But they didn't stop there. They went to the even if. They said, and even if God doesn't rescue us from the furnace, we will still Worship him alone. When you've seen enough of God's answers to your what ifs, you get to a place in your life where you say, even if, even if I die on a cross, God will, I will continue to worship God. Even if I'm born in a manger, I will continue to worship God. Even if my children are slaughtered by King Herod, I will continue to seek God, even if, brothers and sisters, even and if. Let's close in prayer.